Welcome to the Buck Stops here, the official audio show of NottonHallOfFame.com, and I'm your host, Kirk Buckner, the owner, the operator, and I'm the guy whose opinion sometimes a lot of people don't agree with. That kind of includes my wife, actually. But it's season two, episode two of the Buck Stops here, the official Hall of Fame program where myself, the Buck, Evan Nolan will be here later, and all that stuff you hear in the background, not now, because I'm recording this earlier during the daytime, those are they're not crickets. It's not squeaks, it's not something powered by some 18th century locomotive. That's not how my internet works. Those are actually frogs. They're whistling frogs the size of a Canadian loony. If you don't know what that is, look it up and then you'll think, how the hell do they make so much noise? I don't know, it's the Caribbean. I asked the locals here and they just say, it just does. So we'll have to run with that. So what do we got on topic for today? Philip Rivers is retired and a lot of people think he might be a Hall of Famer. Evan and I, we agree. But uh, I wouldn't get planned that trip to Canton in 2026 if I was Mr. Rivers. I think it's going to be quite a while, and we'll explain why we think so. We also looked at a couple passings and a few more from that, but the two big ones was Don Sutton, Hall of Fame pitcher, and Phil Spector, Hall of Fame there in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and kind of all-around asshole. And is it not amazing how often those two things go together? Evan and I then predict who we think is going to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We've already done a great show on that where we inducted who we wanted, but who we want is not necessarily who we are going to predict. So without further ado, let's bring in Evan and a bunch of whistling frogs. Evan, I understand uh, you've got a new president. Yeah, uh, I was wondering though, like, I, I was sitting, I was watching the inauguration, and they mm-hmm. inaugurated Harris as vice president. And if they had just, like, for that five-minute period of time, did we have a Trump-Harris president-vice president thing going on? Oh, interesting. I never even thought of that. I didn't watch it, actually. Yeah, it was only, but, it was only for five minutes, but, yeah. Interesting. So then that can go back yeah. to the Electoral College. He might have had a shot at something. <laughs> but, uh, no, yeah, I, well, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with the Electoral College. I have a feeling with the way things are going, we're going to have a couple more states within a year. So, uh, You mean just sort of Colombia and Puerto Rico? Yeah, I think so. And, and uh, then that will take care of some of the issues. That they, they're like, here, it's almost going to be like, hey, we can either get rid of the Electoral College or uh, put two states in. Which would you prefer? Is that thing what's going to happen? So, uh, well, I mean, like, I, I'm not a huge Biden guy. I'm definitely not a Trump guy, but I certainly wish, and I think really every American and really every Canadian, like, even though I don't like Trudeau, I never want him to fail. And I so, mm-hmm. I think that sort of ends my little political thing. Although I do have a slight political rant, if you could indulge me, about something that just happened in Canada today. Sure, go ahead. I don't care about Canadian politics. It's, it's like politics that never existed. There's a invisible wall of trees. Well, we we on that border. No, 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 no. We built that wall that you paid for. Oh yes, yeah. You just like it's too cold. Don't come here. We're like, okay, you're right. So continue. <laughs> yeah. it isn't it, I think that's Minnesota's state motto. But anyway, uh, <laughs> the governor general resigned today. Now, I don't I rem- don't know what that means. Okay. All right. So then I wasn't sure if I had this conversation with you or with Vinny about governor generals. So the governor general is the most worthless piece of shit in terms of a political position. 
It's basically... Oh, no, you did tell me that. I did? Okay. Yeah. So for those not aware, for the mostly American audience, the governor general is the liaison to the United Kingdom, to the queen, essentially. And technically, technically, it actually is a higher position than the prime minister. Now, it never does anything. And the the person who just resigned abruptly was because apparently she wasn't a very good person. Uh, Her name's Julie Payette, a former astronaut, and... She just treated her staff like crap to the point where okay. the the prime minister either said pretty much quit or resign. And it, it was like, I'm sure a lot more things are going to come out about, about the whole toxic thing. So this is just my plea to the nation of Canada. Do something that the nation of Barbados has done. Barbados is a, also a former British colony. This year eliminated the entire thing of the governor general and any kind of direct crown allegiance to the UK. What, because they hate the UK? Not at all. This country loves Britain. It is responsible for 90% of their tourism. But it also creates a useless position that's, that is a waste of money. I just want Canada to do the same thing. According to something I read in the Globe and Mail, a big paper in Toronto, we spend $32 million every year on everything pertaining to the Governor General. What does that do? What do they do? Right now, we have the pandemic. Nobody's visiting. She Apparently, this, this Governor General we had was yelling at people because of work that they submitted, called them, called them shit in front of other people. What work? What do you do? (laughs) Nothing happens. I'm not anti-British. I'm anti-wasteful spending. Because as I've always said, I'm a disciple of logic. And logically, we can cut this tie without telling the UK to fuck off. Because I don't think most Canadians think that. I don't know any that does. I mean, I'm sure there are a few. I just don't want to spend money on something that serves zero purpose. That's all. I just wanted to end my rant because this is fresh in my mind and nobody else is going to care. So fast, I should have, I'll put a warning. Fast forward five minutes. So in case you don't want to hear my political (laughs) shit, I know that you thought I was going to go on Sarah Fuller because you sent me that triggering message saying how she was going to be part of the inauguration. (laughs) I'm not going to bite because no woman, go get that money. Get that money. Good for her, right? Yeah, I mean, like, do I consider her a hero? No. If I had a daughter, would I want her to look up to her? No. Would I want her to be inspired by her? Not really, but take advantage of that and then do things right. There's a lot of girls playing in the Pop Warner Leagues. I understand quite a lot. And at some point in time, there's going to be a kick-ass female kicker, maybe a kick-ass female football player. And maybe, just maybe, that person might have been inspired by something that sports media said incorrectly about Sarah Fuller. And if so, so be it. Now, Ms. Fuller, go get that money. Go do those TED Talks. Do it all. I don't have that. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> all right. So, how do you feel about uh, Philip Rivers retiring? <laughs> Philip Rivers retiring? Uh, yeah, that... Wow, and you thought I thought I was bad at segues. I was trying to change the topic. 
<laughs> Philip River. Well, you know, I, I I've been thinking about this. So the Pro Football Hall of Fame tweeted something to him or about him, just saying uh, eligible for 2026. And I thought, okay, that's pretty interesting. I've never seen them do that before. I don't always pay attention to all of their tweets, mind you. But I thought about this. Is Philip Rivers a first ballot Hall of Famer? Statistically, you could argue that he is. There's only four quarterbacks with more passing yards, and every single one of them you're going to consider a Hall of Famer. Actually, one already is. And Brett Favre, one's about to be in Peyton Manning. And there's two with uh, Brady and Breeze. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and he does have some of the accolades, you know, eight-time Pro Bowler. So there have been like eight years that we could argue, or at least it was argued by the experts anyway, that he was a top five, top six quarterback in the league. And I, I'd agree with that. And when he wasn't, I'd still have him in the top ten. I do not see him getting in in 2026, especially, especially for a few other things. Drew Brees might just retire. I think that's probably what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So you have those two entering in the same ballot. And another guy who you and I both do not think is a Hall of Famer, but will be talked about endlessly, will be on a second year of eligibility, and that's Eli Manning. Yeah, because you don't think he's getting in that first year. And it also depends on who else retires this season. Uh, I mean, if, if, if Larry Fitzgerald retires, he's clearly a first ballot Hall of Famer. That's true, too. Right? Um, and that takes another spot. I think it all is going to depend. I think that Rivers gets in eventually. I just don't think he's going to be. I think he needs a, he needs some people not to retire. If if it's entirely possible Rob Gronkowski, who did not have a great year, goes back into retirement, right? Mm-hmm. So there's Fitzgerald, Gronkowski, and Breeze all at the same time. And I'm not even thinking that hard. I'm just doing this off the top of my head, right? Like it's it's going to make it very, very difficult. And if Frank Gore's there, too, because who knows if Gore's playing again, and we've already had our discussion, but Gore's third all-time in rushing yards. Mm-hmm. Right? And he's ridiculously close to second, honestly. Um, so, so, I mean... That's three just, guys right there ahead of him on the pecking order. No, that's three guys you just mentioned. Uh, Breeze, potentially, and I think it's going to swing that way. Breeze, Gore, Fitzgerald. Hmm? Yeah, Breeze, Fitzgerald, and Gronkowski would all be ahead of him. And Gore would, too. Easily. And Gore would probably would, too. Yeah. So, so there's four right there. So that, I think it's going to be difficult for that first one. And this is just off the top of my head. Uh, and there could be a whole bunch of other people I'm just not thinking of. Well, some could just could retire abruptly, too, like, uh, like Keekley did last year. Mm-hmm. I was because one of the things I do for the site is I, I'm ranking all the active players and where they stand. I haven't updated it by the end of the season because well, the season's not technically over yet. But Rivers was only the number seven quarterback who I have in terms of if they if everything just if everyone on this list retires now because so I have him behind Brady, obviously uh, Breeze, uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, who I have ahead of him. And uh, Russell Wilson. Oh, and Matt Ryan. Because mm-hmm. I think uh, Matt Ryan has, has actually been the better, the better quarterback overall. If you want to just go by pure stats and even analytics, and he's got the MVP. So I, that's. I don't see any of those other ones except for Breeze retiring. But let's say Tampa Bay shocks everything and wins the Super Bowl. 
Does Brady just say, you know what? I can't, it can't get any better than this. No, because it's a point of pride for him that he's going to play until he's 45. Okay. Like that's his whole thing as part of his whole brand that he's going to play at least one more season. Okay, um, fair enough. So I don't think that's the case. But look, how about I just went through, I went to Yard Barker and they said a list of people who might retire this year, mm-hmm. some of whom I don't think really matter that much. Um, like, I love you, Danny Amendola, but you're not getting the Hall of Fame. But like, uh, Malcolm Jenkins, Adrian Peterson. Oh, she has AP, um, yes. Peterson's 35. Like, he had a good year this year, but he's still 35 years old. Right. Uh, Andrew Whitworth mm-hmm. uh, is going to have a Hall of Fame consideration. Uh, Jason Witten was back in the league, remember? That's true, too. So Witten could retire. Mm-hmm. So they have 25 people here. I'm looking at it like it's going to be a challenge. I mean, the other ones, Olivier Vernon, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, Jordan Reed, Jason Peters, Greg Olson, very good player, not going to make the Hall of Fame. Josh Norman, Gerald McCoy. McCoy's pretty good. Sean Lee, uh, Deshaun Jackson, Everson Griffin, uh, Ted Ginn, (laughs) 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 Colquitt, Thomas Davis, what else I have here, and Amendola. So, yeah, so I I honestly, I mean, there's what, if, if Peterson retired, there's, if, let's just say, Peterson, Gronkowski, just think of that. Peterson, Gronkowski, Gore, Fitzgerald, Breeze, are up there with Rivers. Like, that's disgusting. Like, there's just no chance. No. I think it, I think there are going to be too many, I think there'll be too many good people retiring this year for him to get in first year. Now it's going to be interesting. I sort of post this. I don't know if it was, I think it was my, my buddies on my, uh, my, uh, like my fancy football thing more than on ours. But cause let's just say that rivers, rivers is retiring. Let's say breeze retires this year. We both think Manning's still going to be on the ballot. It's very likely that next year is the end of Ben Roethlisberger as well. Roethlisberger wasn't doing that great this year. He has one more year in his contract. And, and if they, I think he's going to play out the year and that's probably going to be it for Roethlisberger. Uh, then Brady, I mean, like I told you, I think I got one more season of Brady. Mm-hmm. We got him there. And then uh, how many more years is Matt Ryan playing? Not sure. I mean, Ryan's going to be getting there. We have Aaron Rodgers looks great now, but if Aaron Rodgers wins another Super Bowl, does he ride off into the sunset? He could, because he's he's too he waited too many years on the bench for him to really catch any of the top people in the league's numbers. Mm-hmm. He's really far he's, he's too far down to make it in the, the top five, honestly, at this point. Yeah, I mean, he, he, so I mean, there's, there's going to be so many quarterbacks on there all at once. You're going to be comparing each other against. Oh, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be absolutely crazy just looking at how, how all of and, this is going to go on. And, and, and when Matt Stafford ends up with the Patriots this offseason and they win the Super Bowl next year. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt Stafford to the Patriots, just by the way, is like the most fantasy football move that, or, the, the, like our, or Madden move that any of the uh, Patriots fans have been doing since we always put Corey Dillon on our team in the like, late 90s, early 2000s. And then he joined the team. We didn't know what to do. I kind of feel like the 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 having 
having him on our team uh, in the upcoming year just seems like something that's going to happen. So we'll see. Oh, either him or Ryan Fitzpatrick. We should have Fitzpatrick and whoever we draft in the draft. Because what's wrong with having Ryan Fitzpatrick? He's played for every other team in the AFC East. Why not us? You know, at this point, why not? Ryan Fitzpatrick, so. though, for me, uh, will always be the guy who, I, who his teammates dressed up, dressed him up in like Conor McGregor that one time. <laughs> well, sure Conor or, McGregor was not dressing up like Ryan Fitzpatrick? Well, that's, that's true, too. Or they, they, well, they dressed him up. I guess he borrowed, he borrowed their clothes because there's no way he had it. And then he was like, holy shit, Conor McGregor just got 100 pounds heavier. <laughs> it, it just blew my mind looking at that. But this is, again, just such a likable guy, Fitzpatrick. I actually got to see him play twice live in uh, Orchard Park. Which seems like forever hmm. ago. So okay, yeah. So Rivers, yeah. yeah I doesn't. I, I think we're in the 20, same page. Twenty twenty makes everything seem like forever ago. So sorry. <laughs> oh, I got that right. So yeah, I guess we got a couple of passings that we should really talk about. Uh, do you want to look at? We'll see with sports. Uh, Don Sutton. Yep. Yeah. Uh, are, are we? Gonna, are, do we have any baseball Hall of Famers left? That are alive? Oh, Jesus. Uh, I mean, Pete Rose. I mean, I mean we, we, we've lost, like, since May, we've lost, like, 10. That's why Pete Rose is still alive. And, right, and, and Dick Allen. Well, Rose is mm-hmm. living most on Spike. But, and, and Dick Allen, who we both think would have been a Hall of Famer if, oh, yeah. can I have a little rant? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Baseball Hall of Fame. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> The Pro Football Hall of Fame met, and we're going to talk about that later, mm-hmm. but the Pro Football Hall of Fame met virtually for eight and a half hours via Zoom earlier this week, right? Mm-hmm. The Baseball Hall of Fame couldn't figure out how to get 15 people on a Zoom meeting to discuss players back in the fall, and the person they're most likely to induct, Dick Allen, has since died because they couldn't get together. So he... Even if he would have passed away, he would have at least known he was going to the Hall of Fame before he passed. Now, he's likely to get in, people are going to say sarcastically, because he had passed away, which unfortunately happens a lot more at the Rock Hall than other halls. But they do this with Ron Santo. Uh, it, it, it happens time and time again with them. And they couldn't get it together because, as I said in our, our pod, or our thing that we did on Tuesday night, Imagine how popular baseball would be if the people in charge actually liked the sport. Exactly. Like, they, they do such a disservice themselves, continually shooting themselves in the foot. Rant over. Well, rant over one second. Screw you, Baseball Hall of Fame. Continue. <laughs> so, Dick's, Dick Sutton. Don Sutton. Why did I call him Dick Sutton? Don Sutton. Oh, Dick Allen. We were just talking about that. <laughs> Dick so, Allen. We were just talking about that. Yeah. yeah. So, here we have a guy, and I was, I was, when I was looking back through his career, and I, I remember, because I'm, I'm old enough to have like, watched him play in the, in the tail end of his career when, when he was a veteran, and then a lot of his uh, work as a broadcaster, so I'm certainly very familiar with him. I actually had a neighbor who had an autographed picture of herself as a little kid with you know, Don Sutton back when he was a Dodger in the 70s, which I thought was pretty cool. But just to even show how hard it is to get in the Baseball Hall of Fame, here we have a guy who hit that magical 300 win number Back when you could hit that number. And it took him five years to get in. 
Mm-hmm. Like that's that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Also, he hit the three thousand strikeout mark, and it, again, five years for them all to collectively say, "Oh yeah, he, this this guy belongs in, in the Baseball Hall of Fame." And yeah, I get it. You know, never a Cy Young Award winner, uh, never really that close to it. But he's not a poor man's Burt Blylevin. Like, who would you rather have, Sutton or Blylevin? I think it's pretty easy, right? Not easy. Yeah. The other thing I, I wasn't aware of is how we beat up Steve Garvey. <laughs> I didn't know about that. Actually, I shouldn't say that he beat up Steve Garvey. I just I just read that they fought. I'm just assuming Sutton won. Mm. Why do you assume he won? Yeah, the reach. And Steve Garvey, uh, I don't know. He just said... Uh, Garvey was always the big talker. I don't know that he necessarily backed up a lot of stuff. And they fought, and maybe here's why I also want Sutton to have won that fight. They fought probably because Garvey got so pissed off because Sutton said that Garvey's not the best guy in the team. Reggie Smith is. So mm. for him to go out and sort of say that to press clearly says that Garvey was just irritating the shit out of him and he was probably trying to pop his teammates. Mm. I could be wrong. Don't know. Don't have the way back playback machine. Don't have the DeLorean. But, <laughs> you know, at this point, Sutton was a 12-year vet. He knew what he was doing when he, when he made that statement. He knew exactly what he was doing. Because he mm-hmm. wanted to get under Steve Garvey's craw and wanted to do that for, I think, his teammates. And how many people came out later and said Steve Garvey was a bit of a prick? Or, and a fake. Yeah. So, I guess that's also why. Also, I mean, like, how can you not love the guy who had that great head of curly hair? Yeah, that head of curly hair is the first thing that pops up. Yeah. I I just, that's sort of like, I think, why. Actually, I don't know who won that fight. I just read that they fought. I'm just assuming Sutton won that fight. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Th- any, yeah. any, any other thoughts on Sutton? Uh, I mean, his number's retired by the, the Dodgers, but he's also a member of the Braves Hall of Fame mm-hmm. as a broadcaster. Um, and, uh, I mean, he was... He was just a great pitcher for a very long period of time mm-hmm. who really did. The other thing I remember about Sutton is at one point, uh, Jim Palmer, after he got in the hall of fame was attempting to come back and oh, Sutton right. was like furious about it. Why? I remember that at one point, just because he was already in the hall of fame. I just thought it was weird at the time, uh, mm. that, that he Palmer was thinking of coming back and Sutton was furious. I remember sitting in my, uh, or getting, uh, sunscreen in my parents' bathroom before going to summer camp. We always listened to the radio and that was going on. And uh, just had, there was an interview with him about how mad he was that uh, Palmer was try- attempting to come back because he was an old man. I don't remember very much more about it. And I don't think I've ever seen anything more about it. I just remember it at the time. So. It's fascinating. Baseball's so weird like that, yeah. especially with these unspoken and ununderstood rules. Uh, I don't think that when Gordie Howell got into the Hockey Hall of Fame and then he came back, there was a bunch of other hockey players having a hissy fit. 
who's going to say anything to Gordie Howe? That's true. That that's also very true. Uh, I mean, I mean, there's the Gordie Howe hat trick, huh? a golden assist in a fight. Okay, but two other <laughs> players did it, and I don't think anyone said that's true. But Mario Lemieux did it. I don't think anyone said anything to him. Guy Lafleur did it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Mario Lemieux was sick, and then they like changed the rules to get him in, and then he came back. I think that would be a little bit different. Like Mario's just in by acclamation. Mm-hmm. I think that's a little bit different. Well, Guy, um, Guy d- did. He was a first ballot inductee, but in hockey, it's three years. So then he came back for what with the Rangers and the Nordiques. I forget which order. Mm. But I don't remember a whole lot of people, or at least players, saying like, "Oh, this is awful." I think people were worried that he might tarnish his legacy. I think that's what you're more worried about. But that's such a weird, petty thing to, to say. Yeah. Imagine if we put that with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Although maybe with some people they should be put to pasture. And yes, there there are a few. So uh, oh, listen, that that's yeah. actually good. That's actually a good segue to someone for the Rock Rock and Roll is put to pasture. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, who who uh, I think we would cheer against in a fight. Not because of his yeah. musical genius, but because he was an asshole. You can be both. Mm-hmm. Phil and Spector. oftentimes they those those two uh, that's true parts of Venn diagram intersect. Yeah, so, uh, Ooh, very, yeah. Very good uh, use of the Venn diagram. Phil Spector. Yeah. Died at age eighty-one. Um, and someone put, as I saw on Twitter after he passed, he's really good at two things: uh, creating incredible ca- uh, soundscapes for rock and roll, and killing people. Um, he, of course, was responsible for the wall of sound and all the Beatles stuff. Um, he also shot Lana Clarkson in his home um, and spent the last part of his life in jail with that. So, Sons Wigs, which had to be the biggest paint, worst thing of, of, of it all. I asked my dad about him, just... Uh, I always like bringing up my dad. He's, uh, I, I wish I, my brother and I often talk. We said like, why the hell didn't we come up with shit my dad says first? Because <laughs> my dad's just perfect for that. Just ask his opinion on Phil Spector. He doesn't really, he's not a music guy, but says, you know, the first time I saw him, I thought, you know what? He looks like a little bitch. <laughs> and that uh, kind of sums yeah. up a lot. Uh, uh, you know, he was an awful person to uh, Ronnie Spector. Just yeah. the, the stories that she has told, they're just awful. But I think because he wasn't much of a performer, it makes it so much easier to separate his body of work from the, right. from the genius behind it, if, if that makes any more sense. It does, yeah. I didn't actually realize this. Uh, do you know that Phil Spector actually performed on a number one hit? No. Which one? It was the Teddy Bears, To Know Him Is To Love Him. Oh. Uh, that was before his uh, producing days. Interesting. Yeah. You could, there's actually found this old YouTube clip of just sort of like him just playing, uh, almost looking like Tiny Tim, 
I'm just going dum dum to know him to know him. stuff like that. It wasn't particularly a captivating performance from him, but I mean, if I, there's few people who understood how to make a pop hit and what to do with it and how to make a sound more. I know this, this is two things that don't go together, but it, it, it's, he made sound 3d. He did. And you know, I guess in a lot of ways, he's like he's kind of, he's kind of like the Roman Polanski or the Woody Allen of music. A lot of people sort of that's true. yeah, I mean, because how many people sort of would still work with Polanski today? I don't know why anyone would, but they do. Uh, maybe Woody Allen's not necessarily the best example. Because I have to say, like when all that shit was going down with his with his daughter in law, if you would have told me thirty years later they're still together, I wouldn't have believed it. Yeah, no kidding. But I don't know how we got to Woody Allen. And Woody Allen, a new yeah, untitled film from him that call is called. I can tell you how we got to Woody. I, I can tell you how we got to Woody Allen. We're talking about Phil Spector. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's true. So I don't know how we segue out of that. So into sort of like your usual death rattle or your death march. Yeah, well, I will say Spectre actually died of COVID in jail. Oh, did he? So, um, yeah, he did. So, but he was 81 years old. Um, another couple people that we should probably mention, I know he's not in any sort of Hall of Fame, but uh, I do want to take a moment for Siegfried of Siegfried and Roy, passing away of pancreatic cancer at 81. We are now, both of them are now gone uh, within a year of each other. Uh, but probably, I mean, the biggest animal act anywhere in the world got to be, right? I, I, I would think so. Uh, reminds me of, of a bit Chris Rock did ab- about that, like when the tiger attacked. I don't remember which one it was. They attacked Roy. It was Roy, okay. And uh, he was saying, like, and I'm not going to try to do a Chris Rock yeah, accent or impression, but he, he was saying, like, he, he was saying, like, I, I don't know why people are so surprised that the tiger, that the tiger, sort of attacked the guy. It was the tiger just being tiger. Mm-hmm. You know what? It's lucky it didn't happen before, especially after I think all the people who watched Tiger King, like uh, during the first yeah, uh, that, batch of the COVID. Talk, right? talk about talk about a guy who was disappointed this week. <laughs> They had, they had all. They had all. I mean, Little Wayne got a pardon, and he had a stretch limo with somehow like a hillbilly back to it, like a like a like a pickup truck with you know the metal pipes going up on the sides, like the, that said "Thank you, Trump" outside the prison, waiting for him to be released after his pardon, and it never came. Oh, I didn't know that. That is so awesome. Yeah. It just it never ever came. So, I, I think we've come up with something that we can both agree: Trump did the right thing. Yeah, in that case, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of bad stuff he did, but that not pardoning him was uh, was the right thing to do, and also kind of funny. Um, oh, that so, that makes it so much funnier. Yeah. Um, also, so a, a few other folks we should just get through. Um, I did want to mention Siegfried. Uh, we had uh, just passed away yesterday. Someone who's not in the Hall of Fame, but certainly deserves some consideration for his work. Ted Thompson mm-hmm. passed away. Uh, the general manager of the um, 
Packers. Uh, the Green Bay Packers. His first pick was drafting Aaron Rodgers, which is, seems like a pretty good pick in retrospect. Uh, he also is responsible yeah. for trading Brett Favre to the Jets. Um, but he retired. He was kind of let go from the team in 2017. Uh, and his relieved of his duties, which seems shocking at the time, but what we didn't realize was he had uh, he had uh, degenerative brain stuff going on, mm. um, and and passed away of it uh, yesterday. I don't know. He seems like uh, I know Ron Wolf, his predecessor, was elected to the Hall of Fame. It seems like Ken Thompson's probably a longer shot, but certainly one of the most respected general managers yeah. in in uh, football for many, many years. So, and he was only 68 when he passed. That, yeah, when you look back, because uh, that Rodgers thing is obviously a steal. I can't remember exactly where he was picked, but that was back when I think they only had, like, invited, like, five people to show up on draft day. And Rodgers was yeah. one of them, and he was just, like, waiting and waiting and waiting and just sort of, like, fell to Green Bay as, as that heir apparent to uh, Brett Favre, and they were right. They were a thousand percent right in, in taking him, you know, when they did. I just realized yeah, they were. We could we could have uh, we could have the the State Farm Bowl. Oh yeah, of course we got a State Farm Bowl. That's we a, have a State Farm Bowl, or we can have uh, we have Brady. I want Brady against the the Bills. I think that'd be hilarious. So that sounds like a bad Elton John song. Brady and the Bills. <laughs> Levy! Uh, Levy! I, Levy! I, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So, I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I was a Patriots fan. I am outright rooting. I don't really care who wins in the AFC. It'd be nice to see the Bills. I have nothing against the Chiefs, but they won last year, so it'd be nice to see the Bills make it, mm-hmm. who never made it in a long time, but I'm outright rooting for Brady, at least against Rodgers. Um, because just this whole narrative somehow that Rodgers is as good or better than Brady is insane. And this is probably the only time they're going to ever play in the playoffs. And I just want Brady to blow him out in Green Bay again and just put this whole thing to bed. So... Well, when, for me, I my when I my team is out, which is the Saints. When my team's out, I just go with what fan base needs it the most, and that's Buffalo. That's the Bills. Yeah, so. Buffalo. I, again, if the Bills win the Super Bowl, even as a Patriots fan, good on you. Like, there's nothing wrong with that, right? I, the, the Bills, they can jump through every table they want. They can be like, "Yeah, we won, great." That's right. The worst thing would be if they make it and then lose. That would be oh. pretty freaking devastating. But, It'd be like if the Bills um, played the Vikings in a Super Bowl. The, the, the loser leaves home bowl? Something, or, or something like that. I mean, or the no, world implodes. No, 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 implodes. No, that was the real reason the Browns couldn't win last week. Because we have a Browns-Bills AFC championship. Oh. <laughs> There's no way the football gods were going to allow that to happen. Well, you know, things change. I mean, like 20 years ago, I made the same joke about a Cubs-Red Sox World Series. Things change. Well, hey, Sports Illustrated did in the 94 uh, strike. They're like, well, we lost out on what was going to be the Cubs-Red Sox World Series. I thought we were going to get it in uh, 2003. And then both teams lost in the uh, the championship series. The Red Sox with leaving Pedro in too long. And the Cubs, by sending a man with the 
lot of uh, with a very impressive set of uh, headphones into hiding in Florida for several years. <laughs> so, um, oh, but but anyway, uh, just a couple more things people to get through. Lost a couple people from the world of um, motor motor racing. Uh, Hubert Ariol died of um, COVID nineteen. He is the three time winner of the Dakar Rally. Okay. He was also only sixty eight. Uh, he won most recently in, in uh, 2004. Um, so he passed away at 68. Also, Joel Robert passed away, who is a uh, professional motocross racer from Belgium, who uh, six-time world champion, basically dominated uh, motocross for most of the 1960s. Uh, he passed away at the age of 77 earlier this week. Uh, we lost somebody from the College Football Hall of Fame um, with uh, uh, jo- John Arnett, who is a halfback uh, at USC, also five-time Pro Bowler with the Bears. Uh, so, and, and, sorry, five-time Pro Bowler with the Rams, but he also played for the Bears. So, Pro Bowler 57, 58, 59, uh, He passed away at the age of 85, um, never going to make the Hall of Fame. He only had 3,800 uh, career rushing yards, but he had 2,290 career receiving yards, which is a lot for back then for a running back. Um, so, yeah, he passed away at the age of uh, 70, oh, sorry, at the age of 85. We lost a Can- one of the greatest Canadian Olympic athletes of all time passed away this week as well, uh, Kathleen Heddle. Do you know what sport Kathleen Heddle participated in? No, I'm not even familiar with her. She is a Canadian Olympic rower. Oh. Uh, she won She won gold medals, uh, three gold medals, two in Barcelona and one in Atlanta. She also won a bronze in Atlanta. Um, but she passed away at only the age of 55. Oh, wow. Uh, from breast cancer. Wow. She's a member of the Cana- Canadian Olympic Hall of Fame. Uh, she's awarded the Order of British Columbia, and she's inducted in the Canadian Sports Hall of Fame. So I know we make, sort of make fun of the Canadian Sports Hall of Fame uh, just because there are way too many people in it, in your opinion. Mm-hmm. But a three-time gold medal Olympian is well, she, not one of those people. She's not one of the people <laughs> we'd cut. Yeah, Not, not, not no. with that resume. So, no, she unfortunately passed away, only 55 of breast cancer. Um, and then we had a few people from the world of music, uh, starting with Sylvain Sylvain, the Egyptian-born uh, oh. vocalist for the New York Dolls, yes. passed away. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry, guitarist, mostly. He yeah. also sang, but mostly the guitarist for New York Dolls. He passed away at the age of 69 in Nashville, um, New York Dolls, of course, have been nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame once, kind of surprisingly, and they've never been back. Um, so it's entirely possible that he he was uh, could have been inducted to the Hall of Fame. He would certainly have been the first Egyptian in the Hall of Fame, and probably only the second African. Is there any Africans other than Freddie Mercury in the, in the Oh, I, for, I always forget that Hall? Freddie Mercury was born in Africa. Um, yeah, he, he's from the island of Zanzibar. Love it. So, so when Sylvain Savin died, uh, like was his, like when he, when, so now that he's sort of like passing away, he's going to the afterlife. Do you think he'll uh, walk there like an Egyptian? Eh. No. Okay. 
he's a New York doll, man. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it took me years yeah, to realize that Buster Poindexter and uh, David Johansson was the same guy. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that. Well, no, because I, I grew up like more in the 80s, and that's when he was that annoying band leader for Saturday Night Live. And he had that one hit, right. hot, hot, hot. Then I'm going. Then I'm learning more about the whole punk scene going backwards. Like, how the hell is this the same guy? <laughs> like, I want to hang out with David Johansson, but I want to beat the shit out of Buster Poindexter. Right. But anyway, yeah, I, I interrupted that, this that, segment. That's a, good range, that's a good range in your career. So anyway, he passed <laughs> away. Um, by the way, Sylvain Sylvain was actually his first and middle, middle name. So that was not just taking his name and doubling it. Zach, his first real name. His last name is Mizrahi. But yeah, so then Savannah Mizrahi passed away of cancer at the age of 69. Uh, we also lost Don Miller, one of the original singers of the, of the Vogues, uh, passed away at the age of 80. I know the Vogues, do the Vogues have one of the hits on your, on your number one hit counter? I don't think they necessarily no, did, but they were... They were uh, one of the early vocal groups from the early 50s into the 60s with all those, you know, singing groups are coming on. Um, best known for You're the One, Five O'Clock World, Turn Around, Look at Me, uh, songs like that. So he, they, were, they were inducted into the Vocal Group Hall of Fame in 2001. Uh, never really been under consideration for the Rock Hall, as far as I know. No. Uh, we lost Ed, Ed Bruce, uh, the... Country singer, our country singer songwriter wrote most famously, "Mama, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys." Mm. Um, and he uh, went, also co-starred with James Garner in the TV series Brett Maverick in the eighty-one eighty-two season. He passed away at the age of eighty-one. Uh, it said just of natural causes. I don't know what that is, but he he did win the Arkansas Country Music Award for lifetime achievement. So there you go on Ed Bruce. And finally, uh, Jimmy Rogers passed away. He did have a number one hit you'll probably have to do at some point, A Honeycomb, back in 1957. Mm. Uh, but he also did uh, Kisses Sweeter Than Wine, Secretly, I'm Falling in Love Again, Make Me a Miracle, Are You Really Mine? Like one of those guys, the late 50s into the early 60s, kept going into the 70s, but it was, you know, Really gone for them. Although, did he do? Hold on, did he do the Chipmunk song? Is that him too? You mean the Alvin and the Chipmunks? Yeah. No, no, was a, no that was a totally different guy. The Chipmunk song "Christmas Don't Be Late" nineteen sixty five. It's Christmas was Christmas with Jimmy Rogers. I don't know if that's the same one. Can't though. be. It uh, was another cover of it. Yeah, because Andrew and I, we just did the song, for, like, over Christmas. And, like, that was, like, five years earlier. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, okay, so it's just much that I redone of it. I just remember a version of it. Um, so, anyway, he passed away at the age of 87. Um, and uh, he, had a, he had a whole bunch of issues against... Uh, uh, he had some issues where he was uh, claimed that three... He filed a lawsuit against the city of Los Angeles claiming that he'd been beaten by three police officers. Mm. Um, and uh, they, uh, they countersued him for $13 million in slander, and then everything was dropped, and he accepted a $200,000 settlement to let it go away. Um, so, 
course, one of the officers accused then later was arrested for assaulting his wife and threatening to kill her, so maybe there was something behind it. But, um, Probably. Yeah, so he passed away in 1987. And finally, yes, the the uh, beige mistress was added again. Oh, no. Uh, the mayor of Miss Colk passed away this week of COVID, and also actor Josef Sass passed away. Uh, he's the director of the Microscope Theater, apparently a very well-known uh, actor in in uh, Hungary. He passed away at age 82. So we had no athletes, though, from there. So yeah, so that's, everyone, that's everyone I got. She, she's bran- she's way, branching out. Yeah, she is branching out. She's uh, she, well, she was running out of athletes. She had to go somewhere else. Uh, by the way, I know we talked about with uh, with um, Tommy Lasorda passed away a couple of, that last one a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, that Willie Mays was now the oldest living Hall of Famer for baseball. Uh, there are seventy three Hall of Famers who are alive for baseball now, which is again down like ten in the last few months. Who's the youngest baseball Hall of Famer? This is one I looked up. Oh, you're you're uh, you're quizzing me on this. I'm quizzing you. Who do you uh, think the youngest baseball Hall of Famer? Well, uh, be someone who just got inducted recently. Uh, Rivera. No, he's actually seventh. Oh, younger. Okay, let's see. Dun, 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 dun. Wouldn't be a wouldn't be a Rodriguez. He, Yvonne Rodriguez is fourth youngest. Oh, okay, they're three younger than him. Wouldn't be Walker. He waited so long. Now Walker is much further up. Yeah. yeah. First ballot inductees recently. How about Pedro? Pedro is fifth youngest, just slightly older than Yvonne. Uh, Vladdy? He retired early. Vladdy Guerrero. There you go. There's the answer. Okay. Just interesting. And then is Vladdy Guerrero, Derek Jeter, Chipper Jones, Yvonne Rodriguez, Pedro Mar- Martinez are the five youngest, so. Five oldest, just by the way, are Willie Mays, Whitey Herzog, Hank Aaron, Louis Aparicio, and everyone's favorite Hall of Famer, Bud Selig. <laughs> so. Think about that, though. Just the five names that you just mentioned, and whether it's oldest or youngest. And I'm, in- I'm going to include Selig in this shit. The top five names in baseball don't even approach that. Like you say, baseball hates itself. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no reason or there's no logical reason that Mookie Betts should not be a complete household name right now. And he's not. Mike Trout. Well, Mike Trout doesn't seek attention. I don't think he tries. Mike, 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 Mookie Betts is the one. Mike Trout is no offense to him, but he's just kind of boring. No, just no, like, no uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. Mookie, Mookie Betts is the exciting... Like happy, good player. Like, His name's uh, Mookie. He, he he could be the best professional bowler probably out there if he wanted to be. Like Mookie Betts should be doing commercials with Spike Lee. Because you know, Spike Lee Spike yeah. Lee's relevant again. He had a fifteen year period of crap, but now, I mean, he, Mar- Mars Blackman should come back and do shit with Mookie Betts, and it will never happen. Hell, football has their sixteenth best. Their 16th best quarterback is doing all sorts of commercials in Baker Mayfield, <laughs> and uh, baseball can't get, can't get their best. And they're actually good commercials. I do like those Baker Mayfield commercials. Oh, 
I'm not saying they aren't. I'm just saying that's the difference between the sports. It is, and it shouldn't be. But uh, I guess sticking with with Pro Football Hall of Fame, we've talked about this to death. So I think at this point, let's. I'm just going to give you 15 the 15 candidates, and all I want from you is to do something that you do when you do your annual list of the rock the rock candidates, and you give a percentage. Yeah. What is their percentage okay. of getting inducted this year? Not in the future, just this year. And let, let's see how, how much we, we agree on. I, I think right, well, probably a lot. All right. All right. So let, let's take the – can we take the easy ones out first and then go through the ones that are a little bit more of a debate? Uh, I was just going to do alphabetical, but I can do the easy ones first if you want. Well, let, let's, just, let's just get rid of the two easy ones first, and then we'll just get those out and we'll all go right. from there. So we both know who they are. That's Peyton Manning and Charles Woodson. Peyton Manning's 100%. Charles Woodson is what my dad used to call the ivory soap percentage. Like, <laughs> not quite 100%, but so close it doesn't matter. Um, so I think uh, ivory soap's commercial said it was 98.44% pure. Uh, so that's essentially where Charles Woodson is. Like, Manning's an automatic. Charles Woodson should be an automatic, but under a really strange set of circumstances, it's possible he waits a year, but he should Mm-hmm. So those two are out of the way. So there are two of your, there are two of your spots left. Okay. All right. So who are we going to next? Well, should I just go by the order I think you're going to descend it, or do I just go alphabetical from here? You can do whichever one you prefer. I'm, at this point, once we got those two out of the way, I'm, I'm willing to do right, I'll, I'll just go alphabetical. Uh, Jared Allen, percentage chance this year. I think that... So, you know my opinion on Jared Allen. I think that he is a fairly weak candidate on this list. Right. Um, So, Jared Allen is a first ballot. Uh, He's not an overwhelming first ballot. He's a very good player. He's going to get in the Hall of Fame eventually. Richard Seymour plays essentially the same position as a better player and has been waiting longer. So, well, I think it's possible Allen gets in. I think there are basically four spots locked and there's one spot open. I don't think it goes to Allen. I'm giving him a, I don't think like what's one out of 15 is what? Uh, seven what is that? point a, something. A seven and a half percent chance. Okay. So I'll give him slightly better. Yeah. I'll, I'll give him slightly better than that. I'll give him a, a 10% chance. Of getting it. All right. I, I'm going to give uh, what Dean Wormer said to, said to blue talk, said to Bluto zero points. Zero. Hey, man, it wasn't over when the Nazis bombed Pearl Harbor. <laughs> <laughs> well, except Germans, to be fair. So, all right, what do you got? Uh, so, well, actually, well, you know what? I'm going to go across since you don't care how I do it. You mentioned Richard Seymour. You say he's got a better percentage. What is that percentage? Okay. So... As I said, I think there, and I don't, I don't feel I'm giving anything away with the rest of my percentages for saying. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have Manning and Woodson. We're going to have one of the wide receivers, at least, and we have at least one of the offensive line. So that leaves us with one spot left for the other eleven can or the yeah, other eleven candidates. So you're comparing Allen and, and Seymour, it's clearly Seymour. Seymour, apparently, the last couple of years has been uh, one of the final five cuts. He's been very, very close. I think that Seymour is the 
looking at this list, I think he is the seventh person on this ballot mm. uh, in terms of where he's, his likelihood is of getting in. And that's just doing it quickly off my head. So I'm going to say he's probably about, he has to be less than 50%. So I'm going to say he's about a 40% chance of getting in. Yeah, I'd go with that. Uh, so I'm going to give you two players at the same time. Uh, Ronnie Barber, John Lynch. Uh, Ronnie's first time, long time. So he's Ronnie Barber's going to be Hall of Famer. He deserves to be on this list. He's been waiting a while as a semifinalist, but there's no way he can get in before John Lynch. Mm-hmm. So I give Ronde actually the worst chance of anyone getting in this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's good that he's made this step, but I don't think he's going to step all the way over and into that spot because he's got plenty of time left. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm going to put Ronde at with less than seven and a half. I'll, be, I'll give him, yeah, about 5%. I don't okay. think it's, it's even. It's probably even less than that. Mm-hmm. I'll say five, just because I don't think it's. A, there's nobody has a zero percent chance. So I'll say five. Well, that's disrespectful to my opinion, but that's okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm also going to say Ronde is zero point zero. And for the record, Ronde is the the man I pitched uh, when we had our mock committee meeting. Uh, check it out if you haven't already. I think it was a lot of fun, and I stayed awake through that whole one. I wasn't. Now it's uh, another little insight. Well, anyway, I, I I made that joke. I made that joke off air. I just want to point out you made it on air. So as long as you poke in front of yourself, it's okay. I will so. gladly make fun of myself. It's well, when don't I? It's late. I'm the furthest east. Um, yes. All right. So John Lynch, I believe, is six on this list. Yeah, uh, and for that reason, I'm giving him a 50 percent chance. I think it's a toss up with him and one other player for that last spot. I think you're right. Although, although Seymour could take it, and there's one other player who I think could take it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not, and yeah, I, I think there are only really four players who could take that. Well, I guess a fifth one who I don't think is a Hall of Famer has a shot of taking it. But I really think there are four serious contenders for that spot. Lynch is one of them. I'll give him a fifty percent shot. Okay. Yeah, I, I sort of go with that. I, I'm again a little bit more. Again, not not, and I think we also have to be clear. This is not who you and I want to see in. This is what we're predicting yeah. based on what we have followed in the last God knows how many years that you and I have been doing this collectively a lot. So a lot. yeah, j- j- I think I may have been in my twenties. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. yeah, nice. And that's just the start of the show. I know. So yeah, so, just yeah. So, so I, I give him a fifty percent shot. So. Okay. So I got two. I'll group these two guys together because I think I, I know where you, where you're going to go with this. Uh, Baselli, Tony Baselli, and Alan Fanica. So Fanica should have been in three years ago, um, and so Fanica has to get in. He is by far the best offensive lineman, not in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. So I'm giving, but it's entirely possible, again, since Vaselli is also a worthy person. I have Vaselli as my fifth person. I think Vaselli is going to get that second spot, and I'm going to put two offensive really? linemen in. Okay. Um, yeah. So Vaselli is entire, it's entirely possible. I didn't think that Fanicu would be jumped last year by Hutchinson, but he was. I didn't think he'd be jumped by Mawai, but he was. I didn't. So I'm giving him a 75% chance of getting in just because it's possible to put Baselli in and go somewhere else. 
it should be higher than 75%, but mm-hmm. it's not going to be just because the selling exists on the back. Yeah, and it's, it's funny. I'm, I'm with you with the 75, and the funny thing is, like, it's only lower based on what they've done. I would have had them as yeah. between like 80 and 90 any of the last five years. I, as we said many times in the show before, his spot last year got taken by Bill Cowher, which makes no sense. Other than the fact they had that 100th anniversary with 20 people in, and they weren't going to put, Paul Amali was going to be in. They already had, um, uh, like I think who was the, uh, Donnie Shell mm-hmm. got in. And then they weren't going to have a fourth team. Like, Bill Cowher should not have been one of the two not people who got in last year. I have less trouble with Jimmy Johnson getting in than I do with Bill Cowher. Agreed. Johnson was at least the finalist before, has been under discussion. I mean, I don't. I think he jumped the line too, but it's not as egregious as Cowher's jump. And once Cowher was a pick, then it just blew up any chance for Fanica. And they just went with Hutchinson, who played the exact same position with far fewer, well, not far fewer, but literally every honor you can have with the offensive lineman, Fanica has one more in every category than Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever it is, it's like, it's this many Pro Bowls, Hutchinson has one fewer than Fanica. This many All-Pros, Hutchinson has one fewer than Fanica. Like, all the way through. And yet, Hutchinson jumped in. And the only thing I could think of is they didn't want four Steelers. On I think one. you're right. I mean, I, so. I'm sure that they're worried about a perceived bias. I mean, you shouldn't, but it's easy for us to say we're not going to. We're not the ones inundated on Twitter, and I don't know how sensitive they are. They are to this stuff. Maybe a lot, right? Some, well, some and some might not give a crap. Don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, Hutchinson was technically the only West Coast player out of that entire twenty, and he's mostly thought of as a Viking, but he he finished his career at the Seahawks. But he's legitimately the only one of those 20 people who played any significant time on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, uh, who knows if that had something to do with it as well. It very well could. So. Uh, percentage on Zach Thomas. Oh, sorry, we didn't do Baselli, though. Oh, did, no, no, sorry, you didn't give me a percentage on Baselli. Sorry, go ahead. So, so Baselli, I'm going with 55%, slightly more than Lynch. But it's not going to shock me. Going back to Lynch, this is his ninth time as a finalist, he's essentially entering chic territory. I'm sorry, eighth time as finalist. Uh, he's just, he's, just, he's uh, entering chic territory where they're just going to figure out a way to get Nile Rogers in and have that count for have that count for John Lynch. Um, oh, we got to figure uh, out what I, the I sporting I, equivalent of that is, and I don't know what it would be in the Hall of Fame. Like, I don't either, but. Uh, yeah, but John Lynch is John Lynch has just been there so long. If they're just looking to get somebody who's been waiting a long time, Lynch is a, it's a candidate for that last spot. But I think I think that Baselli is slightly better chance, just from what I've heard. All the people who seem to be under the Baselli bandwagon, who great player, incredible peak, short career, um, but it's entirely possible he gets in. So I'm giving him fifty five percent. You know, and those three and four, those three uh, Jaguars fans out there, they're really pushing that hard too. Yeah, well, the Jaguars and Bengals deserve to have the same number of Hall of Famers. So, <laughs> so there you go. Uh, Zach Thomas. Uh, Zach Thomas is my eighth person on this list. And uh, spoiler alert for those of you who didn't listen to our thing, he was the fifth person we ended up putting in from our group. Um, 
I think that he's got slightly, he's coming close to Seymour um, in terms of chance of getting in. So I'll say about 40 for him as well. Okay. So I'm going to give you the three wide receivers. Uh, Torrey Holt, Calvin Jones. What, 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 what are you on Thomas? On Thomas? I'm the same. I'm the same with you. Uh, I, I think he's going to okay. get in in the next three years, possibly this year. Uh, I could see him squeaking in a, as, as that number five spot. But, but I'm not sure. Uh, there's a, there's another person we'll get to that I think has a better shot than we're giving him credit for. Oh, I don't want to even think about it. Well, ahead, yeah, but it, but it but it but it and it is that person. Yeah. All right. But we'll get there. Uh, so we got three wide receivers. Every one of them, in my opinion, is a Hall of Famer. I don't. Not everyone mm-hmm. would agree with with that, as I sort of learned when we did our mock committee meeting. But Tory Holt, Calvin Johnson, Reggie Wayne. Does Calvin mm-hmm. squeak in? I don't say squeaking because that, that's not a fair word to say. But does he enter on his first year of eligibility making three? And it could very well be possible. This is a special player. Here's a question for you. Here's a question for if I answer this. Which of these three do you think has the worst chance of getting in? Based on what they've done so far, Tory Holt. Agreed. I think Tory Holt does have the worst chance of getting in. So I'm giving, and I said, one of these wide receivers is getting in, maybe two of them. Uh, so I'm actually giving Tory Holt about a 25% chance, which is ridiculous because mm-hmm. he should be in already. But it just, there are too many first ballots. I think, as we said, next year is the Marcus Ware and four open spots. So don't despair for people who don't get in this year. Next year's class is going to be awesome. In my opinion, 13 of these guys are Hall of Famers. Uh, and if next year you have DeMarcus Ware, Zach Thomas, Torrey Holt, Richard Seymour, and Tony Baselli, that's still a ridiculous class. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to give Holt 25% of getting in. Um, so that leaves the other two. So in terms of wow factor, there's no question that Calvin Johnson has it. Like there's only as as when they interviewed Charles Woodson on the announcement show for the finalists, they asked him who was the hardest illustrated guard, yeah. and he said they're all really good. There's a reason only one of them is called Megatron. Absolutely. Um, he is. He was ridiculous. He also was the one who sort of taught us what a catch isn't. Um, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Um, but he is. I think he is a slight favorite to get in. But one thing, surprisingly, in my opinion, hurts his chances, and that's Peyton Manning being on the ballot. Because the idea Mm. of Manning and Wayne going in together may have more appeal than you think. Or, you know, just using what we just talked about with the Steelers, it it might help him. No, it could. We don't know how it cuts. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say, even though one of these guys is getting in, I said 25% for one, I'm going 40 and 40 for those. So I'm going to go, I'll change. I'll go 42, 38, 42 for Johnson, 38 for Wayne. But understand one of those three is getting in. I just don't know which one. And I can't put one significantly over the others, even though my personal pick is that Megatron gets in first. Um, but I, I just don't know how they're going to vote. You don't know what it's yeah. going to look like. I mean, it's also conceivable that all three of them don't. 
It's unlikely, but it's possible. It's entirely possible. So, but I, I think one of them will. I've got, uh, I'm like you, I've got Calvin Johnson as a higher possibility than Reggie Wayne, not by much. Uh, neither of them are 50% to me. I get holes at a 10. But a, okay. it's a little bit lower than, than what you had. But again, it's, out of these three guys, and I, again, I discussed this, Holt would have been the one I would have wanted his, wanted his career if I was a GM. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, we've got three guys left. One person who I think, and I've said this before, is doing a bit of uh, campaigning, doing the right, th- doing the things that he that he needs to do to get on people's mind. That's uh, Leroy Butler, and I like him. I like yeah. him a lot. I just don't see it this year. Do you have a? Do you see it differently than me? So, anyone who listened to the podcast know that I voted against Leroy Butler at every chance I had to vote against Leroy Butler. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I still think he's a Hall of Famer. I just, the way I was doing it was going by position. There's a certain pecking order within position. And I just thought, I got Ronde Barber and Butler, I voted against at the beginning because I thought they're behind Woodson and, and Lynch. Um, and I still think they're behind Woodson and Lynch. So I don't think that Leroy Butler has a huge chance of getting in this year. Next year is entirely possible. Yeah. Uh, if, if, if Lynch and Woodson both get in this year, Roy Butler's chances of getting in next year are super high. Um, but this, with this ballot, I think it's a really, really tough ballot for him. Um, it, particularly since this is now his, what, second time on the ballot? Uh, second time um, as a finalist. Second time as a finalist, I'm sorry. Yeah, second time as a finalist. He'll be back again next year. I give him... He's, he's got to be down with Rondé. I give him a, I'll give him a 1 in 15 shot, so 7.5%. Okay. I don't think he's going to make it. Yeah, I think only because of, you know, he's doing the things that they like to see. I'll give him a 10, but yeah, I mean, I, th- I, think, I think next, he can go from 10 to 70 from this year to next. Yeah, no, agreed. Agreed. If, if Wood, well, I mean, Woodson's getting in, but if Lynch gets elected, his chances go way up. Yeah, wow. I, I think nobody can benefit more, depending on how this shakes out, than, than Butler. I mean, I think Barber benefits a lot from Lynch going in as well. But, uh, yeah, no, agreed. I mean, Butler, as long as Lynch is there, and, not, and I'm not even saying Lynch is a better player than Butler. I, I'm, I, I think they are fairly comparable. Uh, but Lynch is, already, if he doesn't make it this year, he'll be on his ninth time next year. Mm-hmm. And Butler will only be on his third. And they're just going to get Lynch out of the way before they get to Butler. It's, that's just the way it's going to have to be. Right. So, so then we got... Well, the two people, and are, we are, I think, most anyone sort of following along really knew where you were going with this when you said, said you've got, you see, 13 Hall of Famers and two who don't belong. And that's Sam Mills and Clay Matthews mm-hmm. Jr. I know, and these two are very similar in that they're both sentimental and emotional choices. Mills, because he passed away, and he had that great story, uh, you know, as an inspirational player with the Carolina Panthers late in his career, although he was far more productive as a New Orleans Saint. Clay Matthews Jr., the online campaign led by his daughters, very strong. Uh, and she's done a very good professional job, I think, you know, with, in trying to use a, use a statistical analysis where we're, not, where we're relevant, trying to sort of like get as much uh, quotes from peers and coaches and whatnot. But again, 
these are two guys, and I know that you feel the same way that I do, are not real, don't belong here. Saying that, does the momentum around Clay Matthews Jr., does it tell a great story? I've got him at 20%, man. He should be zero, but I have him at 20. All right. So let me take care of the easier one first. Sam Mills is not getting in this year. So mm-hmm. um, that one is also, I won't say impossible, I'm giving him 5%. That's my lowest of anyone getting in. There's just too many people. There are too many other stories. There are too many better players than Sam Mills. So I'm giving him a 5%. So we'll put him down there. Now let's get to the 34th best outside linebacker <laughs> in football history. <laughs> I, how would I just want to say about this? Uh, if, so there's the Hall of Fame monitor has come up, they've come up with their own version of trying to figure out who's going to get the Hall of Fame, who's not going to get the Hall of Fame. If he gets into the Hall of Fame, there's only one worse player than him at that position in the Hall of Fame, and that's Dave Wilcox, who retired a long time ago. So a lot of people have had a bunch of time to pass him, right? He, just some people who didn't get nominated for the Hall of Fame who were eligible this year, Pat Swilling, who I think both of us mm-hmm. colors are, you're as a Saints fan, and me as just a football fan, color our opinion of Sam Mills because Ricky Jackson's already in and Pat Swilling, other than inspirationally, it's just a better player than Sam Mills was. Absolutely. And Pat Swilling isn't even sniffing semifinalist list. And I think that hurts Mills' chances very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Pat Swilling's better. Joey Porter is better. Cornelius Bennett is better. Lance Briggs is better. Um, and all those guys were on the were on the uh, the original list. Cornelius Bennett was a semifinalist. Like all those guys are better players than Clay Matthews. As I always say, Clay Matthews is thirty fourth on the list. Thirty second on this list is Clay Matthews Jr. Like he's behind his own son. It's just I don't. He had four Pro Bowls and no All Pros, and I understand All Pros aren't or no first team All Pros. I understand that they're not everything, but. They're a big thing. In his 16-year career? Zero? And also from, yes, from a, from a, not a great team, but still a popular player nevertheless. Never hurt Joe Thomas getting a whole lot of Pro Bowls and uh, first-team All-Pros. And he played in a, he played on a, I think an even worse Browns team. Yeah, I mean, he played in the worst Browns team that ever was. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, but could, but just, yeah, um, but that's we're, we're we're talking logic. Will they? Is there a strong? Am I am I off here thinking that it's not impossible based on sentiment that they just say, you know what, let's put him in. So a few years ago, Everson Walls on his last year of eligibility got on the finalist list, and there was there was like, oh, it's nice, Everson Walls got a shot, but there's no way he's getting in. But Emerson Walls wasn't running any sort of campaign like this. Because mm-hmm. uh, he was one and done, and he's going to go, and he's in the seniors pool, probably never to be heard from again because of the way they've set up the seniors pool. Mm-hmm. Um, 
where I want this to be for Matthews and when it's actually going to be are two very different things. You're saying 20%? Mm-hmm. That's what I say. I'm going to say 33. Oh, wow. Okay. I don't know how much that campaign is going to help. He's going to get much more support. He's going to, he's going to make the cut from the first five. Whenever they cut from 15 to 10, he's going to make that cut. And if he's going to make that cut, then he's got to have at least a 33% chance. Because I think that first cut is going to be Mills, Barber, Butler, uh, one of the wide receivers, so I'm going to say Holt, and who am I missing? And Jared Allen, mm-hmm. I think, is the first cut. Uh, so then that leaves us with, that leaves us with the Selly, Fanica, Johnson, Lynch, Manning, Matthews, uh, Seymour, Thomas, and Wayne. And I don't think it's ridiculous he somehow gets out of that. Uh, I do want to give some props to the Pro Football Hall of Fame uh, voters at this point. Uh, not necessarily for what they vote on, because we, we don't know. Uh, but we did our mock thing early in case there was going to be leaks, because they did theirs early. So, as of right now, there's been nothing leaked at all, unless you've seen something that perhaps I, I haven't seen, but one of us in our little now, uh, Twitter well, groups would well, have put there, it. There's only one person who can leak. Apparently, the only person who knows is David Baker. Oh, really? So they did it that way? Okay. Well, they did it with David Baker compiling the votes and then just keeping them to himself. Okay, I didn't know that. So, so he, he, great. Ha- he, he has them all. He has it compiled. He has in whatever secret nuclear football suitcase he's supposed to have them in. <laughs> um, so the, everything's in there, but he's the only one who knows, who knows the, uh, the finalists right now. David, so well, that, David Baker... If, he, if there's a leak, there's only one person it's coming from. He could put it in his pocket. No one's, no one's coming near him. Actually, it's like that... Sim- That's true. I think, was there a Simpsons episode where there was this one random character walking about and he had a giant hand? I'm really tired of all, all these things, comments about my giant head. The first such incident came, I mean, that's David Baker in a way, sort of walking around. I mean, who's... <laughs> sorry, sorry, going back to The Simpsons just for a second. I thought it was hilarious. And they're like, they're like, uh, Kamala Harris is wearing uh, the purple outfit uh, that she was wearing because Shirley Chisholm, who was the first... African American woman ever run for president or be out of presidential uh, ballot mm-hmm. uh, in 1972 wore purple all the time. Oh, okay. What she really was doing, I don't know if she meant to, she was wearing Lisa Simpson's outfit from when Lisa became oh. president after she took over for President Trump in The Simpsons. <laughs> it's the exact same outfit. Go look at it. That oh episode, she goes, she goes, we inherited a bad co- economy for President Trump. Where are we, Secretary Milhouse? <laughs> like, she's wearing the exact same outfit that Lisa wore. The Simpsons know too much. I don't get it. It's crazy. <laughs> well, them and Family Guy. Oh, my God. Like, just go, just go back and just see that one clip. You're like, oh, my God, it's the exact same outfit. I have to, well, see, I have to, like, like I was saying before, I, hadn't, I didn't really watch the inauguration. Uh, I was kind of just happy the show the the season's over if that makes any sense. I understand. Yep. Yeah, T- taking a taking so, a political refresh from everything. Yeah, and, and that's as far as the policy we're going. We're talking sartorial. So, what else did you have left? That's all I got. Yeah. I mean, we've pretty much we've got we've got all those. Uh, 
I, I think we're pretty much in agreement. I'll, I'll just sort of state my predictions for the final five now, and I'll ask you to do the same. Uh, I will officially yeah. predict, obviously, Peyton Manning and Charles Woodson. I'm predicting Alan Fanica. I, that's, and I hope I'm not I'm not letting my own personal judgments or my personal feelings cloud that, but I am going to predict uh, Fanica. I also predict Calvin Johnson, and in the fifth spot, I am predicting John Lynch. Okay, so just to be different, I have the same first four you do. I think that Lynch and Baselli are a toss-up. I'll just take Baselli mm-hmm. in that spot. So, but if it's Lynch, I'm not going to be shocked either. If it's Seymour, I'm not going to be shocked. If it's Zach Thomas, I'm not going to be shocked. If it's Clay Matthews, I'm going to be disappointed, but I am slightly shocked. Mm-hmm. If it's anyone else, I will be pretty surprised. Although, Tory Holt is, I guess, the dark horse for the people I think are going to be cut, who somehow might have a shot of getting in. Maybe it would, it would shock me if it were, if both uh, Calvin Johnson and Tory Holt got in. No. If it's Calvin Johnson and Reggie Wayne, no. Reggie Wayne and, and Tory Holt, maybe. That one might surprise me a little bit. Um, but I, it's one. It's going to be one of the wide receivers, one of the offensive linemen, Woodson, Manning, and a wild card. So, mm-hmm. so and, and they're going to and they're going to elect they're going to elect all of the others. By the way, they're going to elect uh, none. They're going to elect oh, yeah. uh, Tom Flores. Uh, Tom Flores, or I mean, he's on the side of all the the Coors Light bottles, <laughs> and uh, and they're going they're going to elect Drew Pearson. So all three of those guys are getting. I think so. I think so. Yeah, that's that's, that's all, I think why we didn't even bother discussing it. But I'm I'm glad you brought it up because I I wasn't actually planning to. I just thought it was almost an yeah, automatic. That's how I feel about it. it. If they and, and if they don't elect Drew Pearson, then the whole process needs to be scrapped because they're only putting one senior candidate up. If they don't put that person in, then they're completely destroying the whole system. So, well, I hope Drew Pearson doesn't film his reaction this time. Mm-hmm. Does David Baker fly from house to house and just like show up? Did well, no, he went. Uh, he he did that on the NFL Honor Show. No, I remember. I'm just oh. saying. Does David Baker though this time just fly from house to house and show up everywhere? I would imagine. Oh so. God, I'm sure it's going to be something really cheesy where he's just going to do a video with that. Interesting smile he has. I'm just going to use that as the word interesting. And then just, I, I can just sort of like see it and then just going like that. I don't know. Yeah. But he, I, I did read, I did read this interview that he did not that long ago where he's, where he's trying to be all sheepish. Like, Oh, you know, I can't even go to like Burger King without someone knocking. Like, oh, it's kind of a, uh. like you fucking love it. Of course he does. That's why you made it at your own shtick. Please. Of course he does. And, and then NFL Films did a whole thing on how the knock is so exciting. So it is. I'm not lying about that, but it's still, you know. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Before we go off anymore, I think that we should probably call it. This is a uh, rational place for us to stop, which is highly unusual for us. It's almost unheard of. I know. We must be getting better in season two? I would think so. I would think so. And I think we're actually probably – it might even be better yet – because I think we're going to start filming these pretty soon. I think I figured out how to do it. And, uh, you know, stay tuned because, you know, like, these are two sexy beasts right here. Are you holding two things up in your hand and I just can't see them? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're not going to, like, win Q rating points this way. But, you know, there, there's people worse off than us. 
hey, we found someone to marry us, both of us. So yes, we can't we, be that bad. Yes, we did. And we didn't have to drug them. We didn't have to uh, make them say, look, sign something that said, look, if you haven't found somebody by 30. <laughs> you know, like none of those things took place. I yeah. actually got the so, girl I described when I was a teenager. Well, so I, I went completely against type. Ah, so anyway, that's a conversation. I'll for talk to you later, time. man. We're, we're, now, now we're getting in trouble. I'll talk to you later. All right, sounds good. Stay safe. Thank you all so much for listening. Stay safe, everyone. There's going to be a lot more content from us regularly here at NotInHallOfFame.com. Take care. Take care. Take care. Take care. Take care. Take care.